Like the show? Want to listen to episodes early? Consider becoming a patron. Starting at the $3 a month level, patrons get access to a custom patron-only feed where we put out episodes of Upstairs Studio podcasts like the Child Care Bar and Grill, Miss Becky's Classroom, That Early Childhood Nerd, the Renegade Rules podcast, and others early. That feed is just for patrons. You could be one of them. Go to patreon.com slash playvolutionhq or click the link in the show description to learn more. You're listening to Miss Becky's Classroom. Last time on Miss Becky's classroom. And this creature reaches, one of its tentacles reaches in the window and touches Amanda on the on the very crown of her head. And God damn it. A a glassish globe forms around her head and her head detaches from her body. And then under her forms one of these these metallic bodies and the three furry tentacles and the creature, the creature moves its tentacle down and turns and starts floating away towards the mine. And Amanda follows. Now let's pick up our story. So uh, when we left off the, I had a name made up for him, but I forgot what it is. We're going to call them the fur tentacles. They're these, these nine or ten foot tall creatures, their distinguishing features are that their, their heads are suspended about six inches above their bodies and in these glass-like orbs filled with fluid. Their bodies are about eight foot tall metal kind of inverted pyramid cylinders. So there's starting at the bottom floating about six inches off the ground. There's a, a metal cylinder uh, that goes up to a point about five, six foot above the ground. It gets really narrow and then it widens again. And then above that is the head floating. And then they each have, have three furry tentacles. And so these, oh good. Listeners, uh, I, I believe that, uh, that Bethany slash uh, Amanda is drawing a picture of this creature. You, you draw it and I'll see how close you are. Um, and and these, these creatures were not only the apparent bad guys where our heroes are in this, uh, in this mining town. They had just appeared in all the other timelines our crew had, had been to and were even at Mud Puppies threatening, not even close, uh, threatening threatening uh, Liz and uh, everybody in Mud Puppies. Oh, that, where's the point? See this point, that's their waist here. Oh, I thought the point was at their head. Oh, um, I'm gonna have to do some editing there. That was a lot of dead time. <laughs> and, and so these teachers are under crap, under the, everybody's under attack by these creatures. Uh, Becky is in the saloon rallying the troops to go off and, uh, and take back the planet. Uh, 
nobody has seen Amanda for a while. And I believe Claire is still in the, the saloon with everybody. What's going on in, in the saloon? As uh, when we left off, I think they were making plans to, to save the city. All right. Well, since nobody liked my last plan. <laughs> I remember what it was. I don't either. Becky, Becky, it was not, it was not that memorable. It had to do with the caterpillars and that glowed. Oh, yes. And they still may come in handy. Um, Becky was also living under the assumption, I believe, that these were aliens. Yes, which that she in, was going to drug with hallucinogenic caterpillars. And I mean, that, totally, yes. that totally might work at some point. Um, these are really kind of interdimensional beings more than there are aliens. But they're, I mean, that the, the, the hallucinogenic caterpillars might work against them. So what's, what's, uh, what's the plan for everybody in the, in the uh, saloon? Well, I think we need to do some more research. I think maybe we should split up into teams and check out the area, check out, sneak into where these guys are, and um, see, see what we can do. Claire, you're the one who knows this area the best. And Sidetrack Side says, it's, I, yeah, since you lied to everybody and, and didn't tell us you were from here. Well, though, yeah. Well, well, yeah. That happens. So who does, who does Claire take with her to lead her search party, her, her recon, reconnaissance party? Um, Claire takes the bar, barkeep and a couple of the other saloon members there with her. I think they call them drunks. <laughs> okay. A couple of the other, they're playing poker over in the corner. So, Actually, slapjack. They're playing slapjack. So Claire, play poker. Claire takes off with uh, herself and a couple non-player characters that have that have no names at this point, <laughs> and they head yeah. off. And 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 who's Becky take? Everybody else, or is there any? Or she? How many search parties are we going to have? Well, Becky had planned on three, but she looks around and. Amanda is still not back. So she tells everyone to hang tight. She goes out to where we've caravaned. It was what you call circled, circled the wagon. There you go. We've, we've circled the wagons. She goes out to the wagon train, searches through every wagon, does not find Amanda, which is getting slightly concerning at this point. What she does find is Chet and Brett in an, in a comp, in a compromising position. <laughs> but you know what? Becky, Becky's over that daydream. And she finally just says, eh, you guys will do. Get your pants on. Let's go. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to, in one of the wagons, the wagon Becky and Amanda had been riding in, uh, Becky does notice something. She notices a surprising amount of blood. <laughs> I mean, just, just a, I don't know what, how you measure splattered and spilt blood, but there is, there is a, I don't know, shitload. There is a shitload of blood in the back of this wagon. I mean, it is, it is on the canvas of the covered wagon cover. It is, it is pooling in, uh, in, in the bottom of the, of the wagon. There is a, 
a lot of blood. How does Becky react to that? Well, that's, I mean, Becky's that's... done some killing. Becky's, Becky's a stone-cold killer by this point, so I don't know if she even bothers paying attention to it, but it's there. Well, the first thing she does is turn to Chet and Brett and ask if they're into um, what it, BDSM. Is that what it's called? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You guys are all kinkier than I am. Blood play. Um, but they say blood play. Oh, they were in a different way again. We we don't we don't know what you're talking about. So that probably has nothing to do with their sex life. So um hmm. Oh my god. Nobody <laughs> Nobody's gone hunting lately. Ah uh, shit. You also shit. notice a a a plastic bottle, kind of uh, brownish tint, white lid, with a label on it, uh, in the in the pool of blood there, and uh, and you pick that up, and it's it's kind of blood stained, but you can make out Xanax, and you can make out you can make out Amanda. Oh no! Oh no! So now, are, Becky, are you going to head out? Claire and her crew left already. Are you going to head out in reconnaissance? Or are you going to head out to look for Amanda? Or are you going to kind of turn them into the same task? Or what's, what's going to happen? Well, Becky goes back to the saloon and pulls Sidetrack aside. Hey, uh, what's up? Uh, so, you know how Amanda's been missing? Uh, uh, yeah. Well, our wagon is full of blood and her Xanax is, Xanax is left behind. And I don't think she'd leave her Xanax behind. I, I think she would, I, she, but she, 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 she left without her Xanax. I don't, I don't want to cause a panic, (laughs) but I think maybe she's been brutally murdered. Um... I'm hoping not, because that's going to be kind of hard to explain to her parents when we go home. And she was starting to grow on me. She has saved my life several times now. Uh, what are you going to do? Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go look for. Her. I'm going to go look for. Her. I am going to go collect a vial of blood. Okay. Just in case, maybe maybe Claire can make a new one if we need to. Oh. Well, I mean, better safe than sorry. Yeah. Might as well I... save some DNA. Okay. Okay. And so Sidetrack goes out to out to do that. Becky Becky calls Chet and Brett over and says, saddle up, boys. We're going to find my friend. <laughs> and they ride off into the distance. And so this is, this is about right at sunset, I think, is, is where everybody's riding off. So everybody gets the, the epic uh, sunset ride. They're riding into the sunset, and it's just all kinds of beautiful colors. Claire, were you, uh, you and your crew, were you on foot, or were you on horseback, or wagons, or how were you traveling? Horseback. And so where, where, did you, where are you headed? Any place in particular? Well, we're, 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 we're heading towards the, the cop, one entrance to a copper mine that I know of that is kind of hidden hidden a little bit and to do some reconnaissance and see what's happening there. And, and my guys are being really quiet because they know they don't mess with me. Otherwise 
yeah, there's rep repercussions. For and are it, these so. these are people that you knew when you used yeah. to live here? Yes, we grew up together. Yeah. And how long has it been since you've been here? Oh, according to Earth timeline or Claire's timeline? Well, I mean, we don't really know. For, for Earth years, it's been about 35 years since she has not been back to her own dimension. And so have these people aged at the same rate that you have or what's going on? Are they like a lot older than you are? Or are you older than them or what? Is no, 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 or? no. We, we've, we've aged about the same. So we're so, all in our forties. Are you, are you talking about old times and old acquaintances or anything, anything like that? Well, going on? Yeah. Yeah. We're reminiscing about, you know, what's been happening since I've been gone and they were hoping I would return and set things right again. And they're thrilled that I have companions with me from another timeline to hopefully help this out and, and get these invaders gone. Are you asking about anybody? Anybody that you've been looking for or anything? Oh, well, we're, we're reminiscing. And I, I asked about, I mean, a, someone that I was very close to and was hoping that they were okay. And, and, and who's that? My long lost love, Colette. And so what do they have to say when you ask about Colette? They, they said she's working in the copper mines. She's been transformed. Well, that's interesting. Huh. Yes. Didn't see that coming. Huh. And so, so Becky is off with her crew and Claire is off with her crew. And uh, I guess we better check in on Amanda. Now, Amanda was last seen. She was in the back of the wagon. She was having kind of a rough time. She just popped another Xanax. And then a, a fur tentacle reached in and just kind of touched her on the head. And uh, that essentially paralyzed her. So she really didn't feel it when her head was just almost magically detached from her body and encased in this fluid-filled glass-like orb. And that was placed upon this... Uh, her, her body was kind of placed in this metal container and then the, the fur tentacles sprouted out of that. And she just began hovering outside the wagon next to this creature that had done this to her. And that creature just started walking away from the wagon. And Amanda had this, this strong urge to follow. And so nobody was there to see this, but Amanda is just kind of fo followed this, uh, this fur tentacle creature down the road. And, and so it was she was probably three or four places behind this creature as they walked down the main street of the town and then into a, a wooded area and then into a hilly area and then down into a mine. But as as they moved along, and this is probably after about a mile and a half, Amanda started feeling like this thing was totally trying to control her, but she could feel that she still had control. Now, Amanda, you have been decapitated. 
You now have three fur tentacles. You do not have your bottle of Xanax. If you did, you would not be able to open the lid because you have no hand. <laughs> um, and now this thing in front of you is trying to mind control you, but you feel that you've got the power to resist it. What's going on with you? Um, so Amanda was kind of flipping out a bit when, when she first realized um, that, that her body was not her own anymore. Uh, That's you know, probably she, pretty understandable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, she did the like, the like slow motion look down and I don't know, maybe she puked a little bit in her little head bucket thing. <laughs> and when she saw the, the fur tentacles. Um, but yeah, she, she does realize that while like the majority of this body thing that her head is floating over is moving on its own, she can still sort of influence it. So Amanda decides that she's going to um, uh, kind of play along and, and see what happens. She still hasn't been able to figure out how to control the tentacles uh, just by herself. So um, she thinks there must be something in this, uh, this liquid her head's floating in that's, that's kind of having a nice calming effect because um, she's, she's, feeling, she's feeling pretty clear-headed and, and she's going to see what, wh where they're going, what they're getting into, and then... Uh, and so are you trying to move your plan. tentacles? Are they just uh, flopping around or... Well, you know, every time that, that I like try to control the tentacles, <clears throat> I spaz a bit. Uh -huh. So, um, right now I'm just like, I'm just trying to get used to my new body. Amanda's been through a lot and yeah. I feel like, um, I feel like she just needs, she's like, just kind of accepting this. Like, how do you go back from your head being severed from your body? Yeah, and I mean, I, I, I'm imagining having having some new tentacles to play with might might be kind of fun once you learn how to manage them. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was writing some Brett and Check fan fiction. Yeah, in the in the wagon before she got decapitated. So she figures, if if this, only you could, could hold a pencil. Yeah, and so you continue down into the mines, deeper and deeper, still following this creature. You feel like you have to follow this creature, but you also feel like you could stop following this creature if you exerted yourself enough. And as you get down further, you start running into more and more of these creatures. First, there's a couple of them, and you pass in this in this uh, pretty wide tunnel, and then there's there's more and more, and then you come into this this just cathedral-like space. This just huge space in in. Uh, in this this deep down part of this mine and there's there's probably three or four hundred of these creatures milling about and you just keep following this one you've been behind but you can also sense the thoughts of you assume it's the thoughts of the creatures around you and 
some of them, you look at their faces and some of them have like humanish faces that you assume are people that are from this village or this timeline. And others have these incredibly strange looking faces. Like they're, I mean, you, you, you've never, you couldn't imagine them. They're different colors and different shapes. And like, so it's like they're creatures from, from all over the place. And you, you sense, it's like, it's like hearing inside your head, you hear, you hear Claire. You hear the name Claire, and it sounds it sounds kind of friendly and excited to hear that name, but then also you hear Claire, as if somebody's not real happy to know that Claire's around. And we're going to leave you, and we're going to go back to Becky and uh, Chet and Brett and whoever else is with them. Where? How's the recon going? Well. Becky, despite, you know, her calm demeanor with Sidetrack, is actually really concerned about Amanda. Mm -hmm. They are. She, she hates to admit it, but they are good friends. And it's, never, it, it's, never, it's never fun to find your, your wagon covered in your best friend's blood. I mean, you can't. And her bottle of Xanax left behind. That's not a good day. That's a, that's but, a bad day. Did, you, did Becky, you take a Xanax, though, Becky? No, Becky doesn't. Okay. Becky doesn't. <laughs> um, Becky, however, is a survivor. And Becky makes the most of a situation. She gets in there. She reassesses. She takes charge. And right now, she decides it's a pretty good idea to get to know Brett and Chet on their journey. Because one thing that Becky has always wanted is a sassy gay friend. <laughs> Of course. And she's so excited because now here's the opportunity to get not one, but two of them. Uh, so, you know, they, yes, sidetrack. Are, are, are they sassy? Because from, from when we met them in the covered wagon, they were pretty, pretty, yep, and no, pretty monosyllabic. Is there some sassiness? I, I, well, see, that's what Becky's kind of kind of discovering is perhaps, perhaps she's getting some stoic <laughs> gay friends. <laughs> and you know, I mean, it's the eighteen hundreds. Maybe, maybe that is maybe that is that's 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 time appropriate sass. That's, that's time appropriate sass. That's all she can ask for. So she decides to bond with Chet and Brett as they're riding along talking about their childhoods, their life as a cowboy, how hard it is to have a uh, secret homosexual relationship in an era where that is highly frowned upon. Um, and she feels like they're really, really forming a connection on some deep emotional level. Well, that's nice. It is nice. It is nice. Granted, their entire conversation has comprised of Becky talking and them saying, nope. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, she really feels like she gets them. And um, she is typing away on her phone as she rides a horse. She's very talented, I guess. Uh -huh. You know, she's going she's gonna, to um, remember this for when she gets back. She thinks she's maybe going to write this um, beautiful beautiful love story about these two gay cowboys someday. So she's taking notes. She's, yeah. busy. she's uh, busy. And then all of a sudden she sees a light shining from the distance. Ooh. And 
She says, are these the copper mines? And together the boys say, yep. So they decide to ride on in. They're riding their horses into the copper mine? Not into the copper mines, into the area. Okay. It's down in a valley. I yeah. should be more specific. So they get, they get to the edge of the valley, and they hop off their horses, and they are army clawing, or crawling to, um, to look into the mine entrance. And suddenly the boys pull Becky back as one of these creatures starts to float out of the entrance of the mine. It is, uh, are they armed? Um, Do you have a rifle or a- Oh, oh, us? Yeah, we've got, we've got weapons. Sorry, I thought you meant the creatures. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, so, so you guys are, and, and so I'm guessing while you were typing away of your phone, while you were quote unquote doing reconnaissance, you weren't really paying attention to your surrounding. So at the same time, you notice <laughs> floating out of the entrance to the mine, you notice three of them immediately behind you. Uh-oh. So we pull out our rifles and we shoot at the glass that their head is enclosed in. It just bounces right off. Oh, oh shit. Shit. Well, Becky thinks if I can't take them down with force, I'm going to have to talk my way out of this. <laughs> and it's as that's happening, one of these one of these creatures reaches down and touches Chet on the top of the head. <gasps> no. And, and his head just detaches from his body and Becky is sprayed. <laughs> just, it's like it is like a fire hose of blood has just been unleashed on Becky and and Brett. And and this glass orb forms over over Chet's head, and and his body is enveloped with this uh, this metal body in this metal frame, and then the three fur tentacles grow out of it. And are you gonna keep talking, or are you gonna run? We're gonna run like hell, <laughs> protecting your head the whole way. Sorry, buddy. We'll be back. So. Becky and Brett run off. Chet follows this creature into the mind. Uh, we're going to wrap this one up in just a minute. We're going to check in on Claire one more time before we go. Claire, what's happening on your recon? Well, we, we made it into the copper mine and peering over some rocks there, we see the creatures milling around looking around, scan, we're scanning with her eyes, and Claire sees Amanda float in behind one of the creatures. She just cusses under her breath. She looks around, and she gets tapped on her shoulder by one of her colleagues, and he points slowly into the distance, and she sees Colette. Is uh, Colette in her human form or she's totally transformed, right? She's totally transformed, yes. And as Claire 
recognizes her long lost love, Colette turns and looks, and from across the room, they make eye contact. And Amanda can hear it. She hears, hears this, this just sigh of recognition and love and anguish from some creature off in the distance. And a tear rolls down Claire's cheek. And that's where we're going to end this episode. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you like the show, share the show. Unless you're you know, too embarrassed, which we totally understand. Hey, you can also head over to playvolutionhq.com slash podcasts slash Becky and engage with us. Back soon with another episode. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.